Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tony, this is Mike. How are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you today? So far, so good. All right. That's a beautiful thing. Hey, I got to tell you, the new record sounds great. I know it's your debut technically for your full run, but you had an album out many years ago, too. A lot of people forgot about it, I think. I kind of hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different band today than back in 2014. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Much different. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I know the band kind of got started around 2008, 2009, and they got put on hold for a while. What made you decide to go back to uh, Attack of the Rising? Well, I mean, we, my brother and I, you know, love playing this kind of music, so uh, we did it for a little bit and then took a break and did other things and then uh, got some like, high school buddies together uh, who liked playing and we played and had fun, you know, for a couple of years there. And, um, and then it's just kind of, you know, again, just, okay, what do we do now? And um, getting Mandrake, you know, was, that made all the difference in the world because Mandrake's just ridiculous. Uh, still blows my mind all the time. Yeah, he's got a powerful voice. I mean, you know, he's been going at it for a long time. It was with Axe for a while. So I think it was a perfect fit for the band. I mean, when you look back at the lineups previously before Mandrake joined, was that one of the hardest parts about keeping the band going or any band going is finding people to play with? I mean, you have your brother, you know, you can count on him. But how hard is it to find three or four other guys to play with that are willing to dedicate the time and the energy and what it takes to be in a band? Well, I mean, previously with uh, Morgan, who was still a good friend of ours, wrote some of the songs on the album that made it to the album. Uh, you know, Morgan's a great guy to play with. He's a great guy, period. He's you know, really mellow. Um, and then we just, you know, had to go through a couple of bass players. Uh, and the singer we had for a while, it was just, you know, had his, had his strengths, but it just turned out to be something that you know, just didn't work. Um, so getting Billy and Mike was what made everything, you know, auditioning to Mandarin just made, okay, this is it, you know. And everybody's down to play and do what we're doing, so that makes it a lot easier. And they're all seasoned guys too; they've all done plenty. I mean, Billy was in Root Awakening, and he's done tons of like touring and recording. So, you know, he's not new at this. And and same with Mike. Mike's got a lot of experience under his belt, so it makes it easier when you're playing with people who 
you know, have that kind of experience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you all get together for the first time in the studio with the, with the five guys you have, do you, you know, when you start playing, do you feel it? Do you know it right there that this is right, that everybody's meant to be together at that moment? I mean, nothing lasts forever, but at least while it's happening, you know, this is the right setup and the right guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of one of the running jokes or part of the coming to fruition of this lineup. Uh, I got Mandrake, Mike said, okay, I'll go, you know, let's jam. Uh, and, you know, we all know a bunch of guitar players, but he said, I know a guy, it's like a brother to me, he said, okay, trust you, let's, you know, and as soon as Billy played with us, like, you know, something clicked, and it was something we all felt. It was like, this is it, this is it. Yeah. The new record, Game Changer, when did you start working on it? Because a lot of bands, you know, the COVID kind of stopped everybody from going out and playing live. So a lot of bands got together, wrote music, you know, tried to put out records during that time period. Was this all done around then, or was this kind of really ready to go before the whole thing broke about a year and a half ago? Yeah, we had started uh, the drum tracks uh, end of July of uh, 2019. And by December, we were done tracking, and, and, and Bill Matoya was into mixing. Uh, and we did uh, the 2020 NAM uh, Metal Hall of Fame. We had some promo mixes, and we were getting ready to go. You know, he was going to f- finish it off, and we were going to go out there and put it out, and then everything stopped. Yeah, when, when something like that happens, you say, this is all luck, or <laughs> you just got to deal with it and, you know, work through it. Right. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it's a pretty serious thing that went down, and kind of still is, obviously. And So it's okay. I mean, I understand. I mean, yeah, the timing, whatever, I mean, but, uh, you know, we're happy that if I got out, you know, and, and that uh, Dave at Weapon Records, Penny Music Group picked us up and, and put it out there. And, uh, you know, we're happy with everything that's going on. So Yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, when you have to sit on this for that long, do you get kind of antsy because, like, you know you've got a great product there. You want people to hear it. You want to get it out there. Is it just a matter of having to wait for the right time? Even though, you know, it's for you, you've heard it for so long now. But you want other people to, you know, hear it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're definitely antsy to go play. Uh, it's just, you know, we've played a few local shows and going to play some more uh, wherever uh, around the country shows. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's obviously it's got to be safe for everybody concerned and all that. But, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're excited and antsy for everybody to hear it. And so far, everybody's, you know, it's getting good reviews and getting plays and people are buying it and uh, you know, just letting us know they like the music music, the songs, the album, etc. So, yeah. we're happy about that. Yeah, that's a great thing. And as far as playing live goes, I know things are starting to open up again. Uh, here in New York, there's a lot of restrictions on playing, you know, for any band to come in and play live. I mean, you got to have like a, one of these vaccine passports. You got to be, they won't even let you into the show anymore if you're not vaccinated. It was hard enough back then to get people to come out to a show sometimes. Now with all these restrictions in place, people were dying to go see a live show again after not getting it for a year and a half. I figured it would be a great opportunity for the bands like to draw people into the shows. Now there's so many restrictions in the place. I don't know if that's going to turn off a lot of people from wanting to come out. Do you think it's going to be more of a hindrance for bands like to draw people into the shows again? Um, I, I look at it as a uh, kind of... Uh, <laughs> I, look at it, I don't know how to put this. It's not really a two-sided coin or a double-edged sword. It's uh, those who are vaccinated and, and want to be safe are going to go to the places that are requiring that to be there. Yeah. And they'll come out, you know, because there's a lot of people who want to go play who've been vaccinated and, you know, uh, who want to go to a show and they're like, okay, it's safe, I can go here because that's a concern. Uh, and for those who aren't vaccinated, you know, whatever, um, then I'm sure there's some place they can go. You know, I mean, I, I do understand that it's difficult to get people to go to a show anytime regardless. 
Uh, and, you know, we've all seen plenty of touring acts playing the same night in the same basic demographic, geographic area, and you just got to pick where you go, you know. Yeah, absolutely. On the new record, I noticed that you dug into one of the older songs with Burning Daylight. Was there a reason why you picked that one to, to re-record? Well, you know, yeah, it, you know, we asked, you know, Mandrake, and, and he loved the song, and, and Billy and Mike dug it. They totally dug it, so we're like, okay, cool, because my brother and I definitely dig the song. And so it was great to give it the proper treatment, you know, like Bill Matoyer at the helm and, and the proper players, you know, just picking it up to the notch where it's at. That definitely made the difference, you know, represents, you know, classic, you know, metal stuff there. Have you ever thought about that with any of the other songs from that first EP? Because I think there's some great songs on there. You made it sound like, ah, you know, we want to forget about that one. But there's a lot of great tunes well, on there. I, I meant that in the context of the recording process. It was more of a, like, a live to demo, the EP, which was fine, because we just had to get something out, because yeah, there's a new band, new members. Kind of, um, there are good songs on there. Not cool. I mean, Morgan's song, Fields of Maiden, is a great song. Uh, I love that song. Uh, and and I, hopefully he will, you know, do a, a better recording of it, let's say. Um, the bring together obviously we came uh, over and uh, you know the other stuff is cool it's just you know we went through these things and, and Morgan wrote three of the songs that made the album with us because he was part of that process On the Horizon um, and Last Stand and Fear No Evil and you know, everybody loved those songs I mean that was part of the process for this album was here's, here's stuff we have what are you guys into you know and they were into it all and then like Voodoo was something that we did some collaborating and writing together and Eyes Closed was like a full band collaboration. So, uh, and you know, Billy and Mike put their two cents in on different songs for whatever arrangement parts and pieces and things. And Mandrake's vocal stuff just, you know, made everything go a whole different, higher level direction kind of thing. Yeah. As far as like collaborating with the other band members on songwriting, you've been going at this for since the 80s, maybe even early, maybe in the late 70s. A lot of bands, a lot of different genres and styles you've played and been a part of a very prolific songwriter. You've written, you've written, listen to me, you've written dozens and dozens of songs. I mean, is it easier to let other people come into the songwriting process and work with them on developing a song? Or do you prefer like when you are just a sole songwriter? I actually enjoy the collaboration. Um, I've been doing that with my brother for whatever we do, all the different things we played and recorded and put out. Because um, I come up with lots of weird ideas and, you know, I can, you know, this might work, that might not work. It's, it's kind of OCD-ish sometimes. But when we play them out, you know, we jam them out and we come up with what makes sense to both of us. We know we're on the right track. With these guys, um, yeah, I mean, we've already started writing stuff we have a you know billy's got a couple of songs I, we've all got like things you know while we were off during that time we were writing music you know and uh Mandrake comes up with melodies he'll send me you know an email with a melody in it uh, so there's a lot of that going on which i enjoy i i'm very much that uh inclusive like you know i've got this idea you have anything that goes with it you know and i'm always into what's best for the song True. You know, you're talking about Bill Matoya. I mean, he doesn't need any introduction. Everybody knows who he is and what he's done over the years in music. You get to work with him on the record. Being somebody who's been involved in songwriting for so long and knows exactly what he wants from his music and his sound, when you turn your music over to somebody else and they kind of have different ideas and different ways of they want you to go, you know, with the music and how it sounds, is it easy to kind of give up that control to let somebody say, I think we should change this around? Are you willing to, like, go along with that? Or because you've been doing it for so long, you know what the band should sound like? 
Well, it's, it's kind of a, a combination of that. Um, I mean, Bill, you know, thoroughly enjoyed everything we, we gave to him. So he really didn't ask us to change anything. That was like good, good to go for him in that context, other than just, you know, getting the, right, the best performance out of us. Uh, but I'm open to somebody who has, you know, experience, uh, who has especially experience like he does, to go, you know, why don't you take a left turn here or, or make a right turn there? And, I, you know, let's see what happens. Because, yeah, again, if it's if it's better for the song, I'm down with that. Because it's about the song. It's, it's not about me, I wrote the riff, or even when solos. I mean, you know, the other bands I play, and I, I play stuff that's appropriate for the song. You know, it's the same thing with this band. I'm playing solos that make sense to me in that song. Yeah, I think if more musicians had that attitude, we'd have a lot better bands out there. Because I think the ego can get in the way, and they let that, you know, dominate the song instead of the song being what it is. I think you're 100% right on that. Uh, yeah, well, you can, you know, you can tell. <laughs> you know, we could all tell when someone's wanking, you're like, you really didn't need to play like a, a drill right now. Yeah. You know, you can play one note that says more than the ten you just played. but or, or, you know, whatever, the writing the song is based on some ego trip. It kind of comes through. If the song's based on, like for us, it's always about community and what gets us off, and hopefully you guys get off on it. And that's where it's at. Like, you know, we all want to get off on the song. What? How we? Do, how do we make that happen? True. You know? you know, because you're playing so many different bands or different genres over the years, I mean, does that kind of creep into everything you do with Attack of the Rising? Or do you have, like, a specific sound, like a sound on the album that you want to keep going with the band? Or you want to open up to different, you know, different vibes? Well, yeah, I mean, it, everything does come in. I mean, Mike and I have made jokes about, you know, there's horn parts, you know, that you don't know or horn parts that I'm playing or something like that. You know, uh, being a heavy jazz-influenced person and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, classical, whatever it might be. Anything that's aggro, I, I come with to be, you know, a drum circle. It's aggro, how do I make that into this? Um, as far as moving forward goes, you know, we, we, we definitely, you know, we're loud, hard, and heavy. That's that's our thing. It's If any classification, we'll just we'll go with that because we play different things. I mean, Voodoo is much different than On the Horizon, but they, that's us. And um, So, you know, whether it's a heavy groove or just some you know, old school thrash or whatever it might be, it's, uh, that's us. Yeah. Were there any songs on this record that were kind of left over from the EP in the early days that you reworked? Or were they all kind of relatively written around the time of the record? Well, you know, in that concept of what you asked, uh, there was that song, um, Easy Writer, which isn't mine to use. I mean, I wrote parts of it, but it's like, let's do something different. Um, and so Eyes Closed, that the, the main riff, that's like the intro and the, the riff before the verses kick in, I wanted to write some kind of booty-shaking, old-school rock and roll kind of thing. And uh, that's what that is. Um, so that's kind of a reworking of something, in a sense. Yeah. Do you have that one riff that you've been sitting on for years and years and years, and you just can't make a work in a song, but you know it's really good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does. I mean, in that context, you know, what's cool is as we go into, at some point, you know, writing stuff for the next thing we're going to do, um, you know, we're going to be tossing out these ideas I've had that I like them. But they might not work for us, or you know, they got a better idea, Microbilly or whoever. You know, hey, let's try this, okay? And it's you know, that's the joy is that they have stuff, and and they're willing to bring it, uh, and we're all willing to work together to make the best whatever it is we can. 
Yeah. You know, I've read nothing but good things about this record from people talking about it on the internet, you know, and do you have to have thick skin to be in this business? Because after so many years, you know, a lot of people, they, they still let the reviews get to them. And other people don't even pay any attention to them at all. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you read stuff and say, this guy, because today a lot of people write stuff just to be hurtful, just to be angry, not fair and honest. Not everybody's going to like everybody's musical songs, but there's a polite way of saying it. And then there's, you know, kind of like the social media way of doing it today. Well, you know, I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to sound funny here or like a tool or whatever, but, you know, art is art, right? So it's one man's treasure is another man's trash or yeah. somebody loves broccoli and other people throw up at it. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it's it's always about what kicks me off. If I'm getting off on what I'm playing, that's the primary thing. You know, I, I mean, if I'm playing covers for, for money, that's different. But if I'm playing original music, I got to be getting off on it. So if, you know, me and Chris and everybody else is getting off on the music we're playing, then we're happy. You know, and if somebody else gets off on it, hey, that's great because that's part of the community. That's part of what this whole thing's about. It's true. And Tony, before I let you go, I mean, what do you guys got planned for the rest of the year? I mean, we're like, you know, three quarters of the way through it right now. Any more live shows coming up? Are, are tours a possibility right now? Is that something that you still have to kind of hold off on anything for maybe another year? Well, I mean, we do have, uh, you know, some local stuff happening, and we're looking at playing various places around the country. A couple of uh, two or three runs here and there. Maybe uh, some direct support for whoever as, as things move in that direction. Um, it really looks like, you know, we'll go play as much as we can. It just depends on is it safe and time to do that. Uh, and if it's, you know, we'll do a few more stuff and, you know, like say six or seven shows as opposed to 20 before the end of the year, that's fine. And then 2021, hopefully everything will be worked out where we can go like everybody else and just go play, you know. Yeah. I get that. I mean, and we're looking forward to coming out there. I mean, the East Coast definitely giving us a lot of love, which is great because, you know, Mike and Billy are from the East Coast, so it's really awesome to have a couple of cats uh, like them in the band because, you know, the East Coast vibe is very, uh, well, you know, you know what it is. So yes, exactly. Cool. <laughs> hey, it would be great to have you over here. So hopefully maybe next year it'll happen and I get to see this great band live. It would be a, a, a true blessing. I appreciate that you saying that. Thank you. You got it, Tony. The best of luck with the band and the new record. It absolutely kills, and I'm looking forward to many more. Okay, thank you so much. Take care, Bye. my friend. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.